0: What an incredible Week 15 in DFS it was for the NFL. But if you didn't have this one guy, well, you are just playing catch-up. The pre-snap starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at linestarapp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the Star app. It's me, solo today, because Chris Meany had some travel issues, so you're stuck with me recapping the week that was in NFL DFS, and of course, it was a magical week because oh my goodness so many incredible performances so many big point totals it was really a fantastic week of dfs now defenses are quitting this is what chris and i always remind you here this time of year and uh, it's starting to show isn't it it's starting to show with some of these totals we've gotten in the last couple weeks Defenses are tired. Defenses are banged up. People just don't want to tackle anymore. frankly, it's cold outside, baby. But we are here anyway on the LineStar app. And I want to remind everybody, too, if you haven't already, go get that LineStar app. Download it now now because we still got two weeks of regular season and some playoff football to go. So uh, lots of good things happening there. We are going to get through all the best performers of the day uh, that was Sunday in the main slate. We'll also talk a little bit about the hot take of week 16 because we've got standalone Saturday games. Chris and I will break that down for you all on Thursday. We're also going to talk on Friday. Mike Randall and I will take you through the wagering slate as well. But a lot to break down here, including some big injuries. So let's start with that. Obviously, you had the injury to Dalvin Cook. So Boone of all people, not Alexander Masson, because he was out for this game, ended up stepping up and getting the touchdown. So Dalvin Cook probably looking like a no-go for next week. We'll see as that happens, still waiting for some real word on that. But Godwin definitely should be out next week because that was not a good scene there, getting carted off the field. It's hard to imagine that the Bucks are really playing for anything this week, but they'll definitely be without him next week, probably the rest of the season. Lucky for us, Brashad Perryman, who we talked about at length, stepped up in the void, and he was absolutely wonderful there. Uh, you had Perryman really have, have the game that you were looking for, but maybe twice that. I mean, three touchdowns for him, just an incredible day, and uh, beyond my wildest expectations, I thought he would be useful. He was more than useful. He was absolutely brilliant. And uh, looking into next week, now no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin. But you're still going to have Winston throwing the ball all over the place, and someone's got to catch the football. So once again, Rashad Perryman in that Saturday slate will be useful. I'm telling you right now. So we're going to go right back down to that. Well, we'll see how the pricing adjusts and uh, how much we want to get involved in it. But it would be crazy not to because the run game of the Bucks is just non-existent. It's not something you want to get involved in. It's not something you can trust. And at this point in time, it's Perryman, it's OJ Howard, But it's really all about Winston. And let's start there with the quarterback, because he's got 900 passing yards in the last two games, eight touchdowns over that span. Yes, he throws too many picks. We all know that. But it seems like Winston's kind of making a play to say, hey, it's the end of the season, starting to get a little better, starting to roll, starting to feel good. Yeah, I make too many mistakes, but you know what? I do enough things right where we're outscoring some teams. And who knows? Maybe next year you get some secondary play. Maybe a running back and a little bit more balance to the offense. And who knows? Maybe Jameis Winston will indeed be back with the Bucs. And the Bucs will be a team that people have to contend with next year. But it was a great day for him. 124 rating. Again, 458, four touchdowns for Winston. Incredible. He led all quarterbacks in points scored. Now, my favorite quarterback of the slate was Ryan Tannehill. I made no bones about that. He was pretty darn good too. 279 for two touches, uh, two touchdowns and the rushing touchdown. He did have a pick, but still Ryan Tannehill just keeps on getting it done. I know a lot of people like Eli Manning. He was pretty good. 283, three picks. Yes, but the two touchdowns. So that's a positive there. Fitzpatrick was pretty good too. Uh, Russell Wilson, 286 and two touchdowns. It wasn't a huge quarterback day with the exception of Winston Mahomes, 340, two touchdowns, also pretty good as well. No no doubt about that game, too. That game seemed like it was over in the first quarter between uh, the Denver Broncos and the Chiefs. So another nice performance from Mahomes. And I think Mahomes needed that because here we are, you know, week 15, And we haven't seen a 300-yard gain from Mahomes in quite some time. So this made everybody feel pretty good. He's one of those better quarterbacks to pay up for. Linestar App had him as, I think, the second or third quarterback ranked in value last week. Uh, So clearly things worked out there. Tannehill was number one. Mahomes was number two. And Winston was in that top five. So if you had the Linestar App, you had those guys in your lineups. And uh, let's talk about some of the disappointing... Things out there too certainly Brady and Rogers disappointing again but I think we've realized that it's way past time for those guys in the DFS world let's pivot and let's talk about some of those rushing leaders because the guy that I alluded to in the opening just kind of took over I had a lot of good lineups but I did not have Kenyon Drake in any of them I know a lot of people didn't but at the same time Kenyon Drake was absolutely spectacular 22 for 137 for Kenyon Drake four touchdowns on the day Kenyon Drake's going to get paid by somebody. Maybe it will be the Cardinals. Maybe it'll be somebody else. We'll find out. But Kenyon Drake, I think, has done enough, even in some short spurts, to show that he deserves carries. He deserves a look. Maybe it will be the Cardinals. It would seem to make sense with them moving on with David Johnson. Now, a lot of this will have to do with how much they like Chase Edmonds or don't. Uh, maybe they want to do a committee with the two of them. That would kind of stink from a fantasy perspective. But Kenyon Drake's going to have some suitors in the off season. I'm sure one of them will be the Cardinals. But what a day for him! Really, a 22 for 137. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, what's left to say about him? Absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, he got back to. Returning value on that 10k price, which is something that he hasn't done the last couple weeks. He got back to it this week, which is terrific. So if you went back into that, well, you got paid. But let's talk about my favorite running back of the week, which was Chris Carson. Great matchup. And he made the most of it. 24 for 133, two touchdowns for Chris Carson. Return three times value. That's what I'm talking about. The Panthers are bad. Panthers have turned the page. And uh, Kyle Allen is going to get the page turned on him because it looks like Will Greer's going to get some opportunities here week 16 and 17. So how about that? So Carolina, definitely a team in transition. We'll see how that impacts CMC. Probably makes me a little afraid of him. Uh, I'm not afraid of Ezekiel Elliott, who finally had a big time Zeke game. He caught the ball a lot, had uh, 22 carries for 117, two touchdowns. And Tony Pollard had 131 in the touchdown. So everybody was running amok. Over the Rams, Todd Gurley saved his day with a couple touchdowns. That's positive. Nick Chubb was very solid. We talked about game script uh, last week on the Thursday show. We talked about Nick Chubb being the guy who gets a lot of that work. I thought this was the first time since Hunt's been back that I wanted Chubb more than Hunt. And it looked like the right call because Chubb had 127 on the ground and a touchdown. Very strong game from him. Very strong all-purpose day from Miles Sanders as well as the Philadelphia Eagles as they beat the Washington Redskins 37-27, 19 for 122 and a touchdown for him. And, you know, I know as fantasy owners, we wanted Miles Sanders to happen faster. I get it. We all do. We wanted Devin Singletary to happen faster. I get it. We all do. But Miles Sanders, man, you look up right now, he's got five touchdowns on the year. He's got... A 1,000 all-purpose yards and two games left to go, that's a pretty darn good rookie season. I mean, if he can get up to maybe 750, 800 yards rushing and another 50 catches to go along with another 400 yards or so, man, that is a really, really good first effort. And, yeah, frustrating sometimes because sometimes you lost out to Jordan Howard and a couple other guys. But Miles Sanders, by default now, has become the guy and it's nice to see. Joe Mixon, nice to see, too. Continues to have a really good second half, even though the Cincinnati Bengals lost to the Patriots 34-13. He did have uh, 25 carries for 136. The volume's been very strong for him. I would continue to roll with Joe Mixon going forward, despite the struggles of that Cincinnati offense. Now, Chris Meany loved him some Saquon Barkley. I was struggling with it. Chris Meany was right. I was wrong. Barkley had a great day. A very Barkley-esque day with two touchdowns, 112 on the ground. Also caught a bunch of balls as well, so a great all-purpose day from Saquon, which, let's be honest, we needed, he needed, everybody needed, because man, it's it's Saquon Barkley, and we want him to be a top five talent, we want to see healthy Saquon Barkley, and guess what, we saw it, that should make you feel real good about next year, you got two games left on the slate, we'll see if that value's there again for us these last two weeks in the matchups to go back to that Saquon Barkley, well, uh, let's talk about uh, another running back too, doesn't get a lot of credit, Carlos Hyde, 26 for 104 and a touchdown. He's not a great all-purpose back, but my goodness, he just kind keeps getting the job done. He's going to be on that Saturday slate too. We'll talk about that in a bit. Travis Kelsey led everybody in receiving yards at 142, 11 catches. No touchdown for him, which was a bummer. But Julio had two touchdowns, 13 for 104. Uh, 134, excuse me, and George Kittle, 13 catches for 134. Julio had that huge catch at the end of that game against the Falcons there that uh, just shocked the 49ers, shocked the 49er fans, and really kind of put a shock into the NFC playoff picture because the 49ers have gone from the 1 seed all the way down to the 5 seed in the matter of two weeks. So a lot can change very quickly, and uh, the 49ers right now are... Maybe they're just fatigued. Maybe they're just fatigued after a bunch of big games in a row, it seemed like, when, uh, I don't know, at home too now to lose this game to the Falcons. They lost at home already to uh, a couple weeks ago to the Seattle Seahawks. They do have a game left for redemption, week 17 against the Seahawks, so keep an eye on that one. Also keep an eye on Terry McLaurin, who continues to be an outstanding DFS asset. He was just 6K this week on FanDuel. Guess what? Five catches, 130, and a touchdown. Brilliant, brilliant Return on investment again. Allen Robinson was strong, along with Anthony Miller for the Bears. So the Bears continue to throw the ball because they can't run it. Darren Waller was my favorite uh, return on investment tight end in terms of value. He didn't disappoint. Eight for 122. Really strong PPR day from him. Would you like a touchdown? Sure. Did you get a touchdown? No. But you did get one from Tyler Lockett. Nice of Tyler Lockett to show up again. Eight for 120 and a touchdown for him. And, of course, we mentioned Brashad Perryman earlier. That was the uh, that was the wide receiver performance of the day. Devontae Parker, who uh, came back from protocol, played. He had two touchdowns on the day. So lots of positives there in the receiving world. And you see all these guys over 100 yards receiving. That's what time it is. It's that time. It's December. Everyone's starting to pack it in, look to the future, look to go home, try to figure out where we are and say, hey, man, I got the holidays coming. It's cold out. I don't want to tackle anybody. I don't want to get hit anymore. And that's good news for DFS owners. But the problem is what might have hit pay lines a couple weeks ago is not going to hit it these next two weeks or even this past week. So we got to look for big time offense. we got to take some shots and we got to look ahead at what's going on here, what the opportunities we have. Now, let's go through a little bit and let's uh, hot take, obviously, week 16 in the NFL because there's a lot of games to get to, a lot of interesting things because we've also got... This week, no college football on the Saturday, really. That's no regular season. Got some bowl games, but you're going to have NFL. That's right. NFL Saturday happens because this is the last couple weeks of the season. So we've got the Texans and Buccaneers at one. Then we've got the Bills Patriots at 430 and the 49ers and Rams at 815. Now, who knows which Rams and 49ers will show up, but let's kind of work and look at this collectively as a slate. Bashad Perryman will probably be cheap enough. In terms of quarterback play, you're going to have Watson. You're going to have Goff, who banged his hand on a helmet. Didn't look too healthy in that one the rest of the time after that. But you're going to have Watson, Winston, and Josh Allen. Now, Allen has a tough matchup there against the Patriots. You're going to see a lot of Watson and a lot of Winston. I think that's the way to go. I really do. I would continue to go with Jameis Winston because even though Evans isn't there, even though Godwin isn't there, I think you just got to keep rolling with the fact that this is their identity. They throw the football. They play with reckless abandon. And you put Perriman, you put OJ Howard out there in some lineups too. On the Texans side, if you want to go cash, you want to do the duo of Watson and um, and uh, excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins, I think you're in a good spot with that. Hyde will be undervalued and underlooked at in this slate. And the matchup is tough against the Bucs. But it's one to consider because a lot of these running games are kind of in flux in these... Three contests over on the Patriots side. Look, this is a huge game for the Pats, huge game for the Bills. Patriots defense stepped up last week, obviously very good against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills are a much better football team. And uh, I would stay away from the Patriots offense right now. I think if you're looking for a dart throw at flex, Nikhil Harry's a guy to keep an eye on because he had a touchdown in this past one on Sunday against the Bengals. He had a touchdown that should have been a touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it seems like he's the new favorite target in the red zone of Tom Brady. He's getting a lot of looks there, and he's converting them, even if the referees don't want to agree. So think about him as a flex play, potentially, because the Bills secondary is very good. I would expect the Patriots to win this football game, but I think the Bills are going to be right there, coming off a nice win there on Sunday Night Football against the Steelers. They played very well against Hodges, but still, the Pittsburgh offense, obviously not very good. So I think Singletary is a guy you can consider in this game. Uh, The running backs are tough. Uh, my favorite running back on this slate here on Saturday is going to be Mostert of the 49ers. Mostert, I think, has proven that he is that guy. He is that lead in that committee. And I am not really worried about it going away. I think their best bet is to continue to give him touches, to give him the football, and just kind of step away. I would also imagine you're going to get a bounce back here um, from the wide receivers, so don't panic too much there. Uh, I would probably fade Emmanuel Sanders in favor of Debo, though, because of the coverage of... Uh, of the Rams, but at the same time, this Rams team—what looked like a lock for Woods was not. What looked like a great game for Gurley was a good game for Gurley against them. And look, maybe the script got away from them against the Cowboys. That's fair. But my confidence level in the Rams is shaken. I mean, it's been shaken all year. Tyler Higby, you can keep rolling with. The interesting part is, you've actually got some tight ends to choose from. You got Higby, you got Kittle. If you want to go to the top of the board. And then you got O.J. Howard if you want to go towards the bottom there and play around with Higby. Higby's salary is going to go way up this week. I guarantee it. But uh, certainly no uh, – <laughs> we'll, we'll break this down when Chris comes back on the show on Thursday, but certainly no shortage of ways you can manipulate this. And this is going to be a fun slate to play because the Bucs are playing for a little bit of respect. Patriots and Bills are really right neck and neck there. This is a big game with big implications potentially if the Bills should upset the Pats. And look, the 49ers need to get back on track, and the Rams – The Rams could very well beat the 49ers and then win 10 games and still miss the playoffs. That could shake out that way because they've put themselves behind the eight ball. All right, let's take a transition here into the one o'clock games and start to hot take them. We got the Bengals and Dolphins kicking things off. Uh, We'll keep going back to that Fitzpatrick well, along with Devontae Parker, without a doubt. And I'll tell you what, I love Joe Mixon this week. I'm sure Chris will too. Volume's been there. Dolphins are terrible against the run. Smash for Joe Mixon. Don't care if it's Jock. All I care is that if I have it in my lineup, and I will. Steelers at Jets. Uh, Another intriguing game here. We'll see who plays quarterback next week because Mike Tomlin said Hodge is the quarterback because he doesn't make mistakes. Well, he threw four picks on Sunday night. So last time I checked, those are mistakes. So will we see Mason Rudolph? I don't know. Will we see Juju? I don't know. Steelers offense, not very good. Steelers defense, very good. Jets offense, all kinds of confusing. It's going to take another couple of days for this one to settle in. My hot take to start with is you'll probably go back to that Robbie Anderson. Well, maybe some Steelers defense, maybe kind of let the rest of this go. All right. The New York Giants. We'll see if Daniel Jones is back for this one, but Terry McLaurin going to go right back to that. Well, against the Giants, they are terrible. If he stays in that 6k range on FanDuel, I absolutely love him. Uh, maybe we'll get back into the Saquon Barkley business. Everybody else will be jumping back on the bandwagon, but Hey, if it stays in that uh, seven to eight range, especially with Dalvin Cook out, especially with some of these other injuries we've got, maybe just maybe Saquon Barkley is that guy towards the end of the season that can win a lot, a lot of cash here. Uh, Golden Tate certainly it was good for a touchdown. Darius Slayton too. We'll keep an eye on those guys because the Redskins don't cover many people either very well. So there should be a fair amount of offense in that Giants Redskins game. McLaurin for me definitely sticks out. McLaurin and Barkley those two assets. Maybe you get a little Tate, maybe you get a little slate, and We'll see how healthy Daniel Jones is before we get too much into this one. But we got a whole week of practice ahead of us to figure things out. We got a whole week of practice for Will Greer, too, as the Panthers will take on the Colts this week. So uh, until I see what the Colts look like tonight with T.Y. Hilton returning, which should be very exciting for them, I'm kind of just holding my breath here because this seems like a game you want to stay away from outside of McCaffrey and T.J. Moore which is pretty much all we've done all year is just kind of target those people. Um, it would seem like unstoppable for Christian McCaffrey is the word to use. Let's see what the Colts do this Monday night. Let's let's see if they show up offensively. Let's see if things get different with T.Y. back and how healthy he is and, and where we're at with Marlon Mack at this point in the season. So this is another wait and see. Take a look at Monday, take a look at some uh, reports on Will Greer and see how that's going to impact things for the Panthers' offense. Certainly, the defense isn't very good. Certainly, Marlon Mack, we should strongly consider because the Panthers continue to give up all kinds of points to running backs over the last couple weeks. All right, we got the Ravens and Browns. Ugh, ugh, the Browns, just, ugh, terrible. Here we go. How you can have somebody play as well as Nick Chubb, who's got 1400 yards leading the league in rushing eight touchdowns and still be this bad of a team. I don't know, but the Browns find a way to do it. Kareem hunt continues to be useful. I would take Kareem hunt over Chubb in this one. I'm going to go right back to where I used to be tough order again. I don't think the Browns are going to beat the Ravens here. I know they did it once already. I think that was a one off. I think the Ravens realize that Lamar Jackson will be very chalky. That's Okay. Lamar Jackson's on a historic run right now, and I think you just keep on rolling with it. He's got a little extra rest after the Thursday game. There's a lot to like there for the Ravens. Uh, I would go back to that Mark Andrews. Well, also, I would fade away from Ingram. I don't think there's a ton of upside there, so give me Andrews with the pairing with Lamar Jackson. The rest, you can keep. All right, Jaguars, you can keep them. I don't want any more Jaguars, although it's been a great year for Fournette. He is playing the Falcons. Fournette's over 70 receptions. If I told you that at the beginning of the year, you'd say, Joe, you are absolutely crazy. And you'd be right, but it would be shocking nonetheless that Leonard Fournette would be where he is right now. Jaguars not a good football team, despite the fact they got this W against Oakland. Bad job by Oakland in this one to lose their last game in the black hole before they moved to Vegas. Just terrible there. But Falcons continue to show up in the weirdest places at the weirdest times. I think you can go there to the Julio route again. It's a good matchup there against the Jaguars for him. I think it's Julio. I think it's Fournette and you let the ancillary pieces go because i just think they're going to be really frustrating. The Saints same thing. I want to say what Saints defense shows up on Monday night before i start making some assessments. We all know Michael Thomas is always the best guy on the board. In fact, Michael Thomas has more receptions and more receiving yards than the entire get this right. The entire wide receiving core of the Colts. More receiving yards than the entire wide receiving core of the Colts incredible season from Michael Thomas. I think the number two pick overall in any fantasy league next year in PPR. I mean, you can argue Dalvin cook all you want. Give me Michael Thomas. I want Michael Thomas safer investment at this point. Uh, but look, I don't love drew Brees on the road. Can't stop Michael Thomas. Let's see if Camara shows up in uh, the Titan side. Look, Henry's not hundred percent right now. So let's monitor this situation as we get closer and closer the end of the week. We'll see if he practices, if he doesn't. But regardless, I mean, Saints defense hasn't been impressive lately. So I'm looking at Tannehill. I'm looking at A.J. Brown, who had another nice day along with Tannehill. It's hard not to like them against the Saints. Maybe the ownership will be a little less, too, because it's the Saints. Uh, The Raiders at Chargers. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I'll keep going with this Mike Williams thing because that seems to be working. And I'm going to be all over Austin Eckler this week. Gordon had a couple key fumbles there. And for me, I'm looking at this Chargers offense. They're starting to throw the ball a lot more to Mike Williams. Mike Williams is catching touchdowns again, looking like the player I thought he was. And Eckler is a great matchup here against the Raiders uh, for all purpose yardage. Josh Jacobs, I think they should shut him down. I understand playing him in this game, trying to get that W against the Charge, excuse me, against um the, the Jacksonville Jaguars here last game in the black hole. Trying to say goodbye to the fan base. I get it. But now you shut him down. He's too important. You don't want to risk him really hurting himself. Darren Waller was terrific last week. You can still go with Waller against the Chargers. I think that's a good play. But other than that, man, I stay away from the Raiders. Jacobs isn't healthy. Give me Eckler. Give me Williams. Maybe a little Keenan Allen as well. You can dabble there. But uh, unfortunately... Inconsistent can see some quarterback play because the charger got smoked by the Minnesota Vikings this past week. And that was without Dalvin cook for a good chunk of that game. All right. Lions are basically done. So are the Broncos here. So this is kind of a battle of futility. <clears throat> I'm going to stay away from this one. I know Lindsay was terrible. A lot of people liked him last week. We didn't love him, which was good because he kept a a lot of uh, lineups without Lindsay, which is exactly what we wanted to do. Hopefully you listened to the program and you did that, but lions offense shambles. Broncos, maybe you could like the Broncos D at home. That's about it. That's about all I got love for in this one. Cortland Sutton always is good, but uh, I just don't know if he's got enough upside. Will Kenyon Drake repeat against the Seahawks at 4th, 25? Probably not, but you should at least consider (laughs) starting him again. Uh, Him and Carson will be highly owned and with good reason. Uh, You're going to love Jacob Hollister this week because what happens against the Cardinals? Tight ends score points. We had not one, but two touchdowns from Ricky Seals-Jones. So if you don't believe me, everybody scores against the Cardinals of your tight end, except for Vance McDonald. That's the only guy who couldn't do it. Everybody else scores. So Jacob Hollister is going to have a lot to do against the Cardinals at 425. So you're going know, to like him, probably like Lockett as well. I wouldn't rule out Kyler Murray. He looked healthier uh, last week than he did the last two. So that's a positive from that hamstring point of view. All right, the Cowboys and Eagles. It's a big game here for both these teams. The winner is going to take this division. The loser is going to be at home, probably. That's probably what it's going to look like. If they continue to go with Ezekiel Elliott in the fashion they did last week and just run the football, run the football, I like the Cowboys. It's hard not to. Uh, also, I love Prescott in this game, throwing the football against the Eagles. So I think Cowboys is going to be my favorite sack of the week against the Eagles because at the end of the day, I just don't think Eagles can stop everybody. I just They just can't. They, they have a hard time with it. Gave up points again to the Redskins. You know, I've up 27 points to the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins. Really? 27? So give me the Cowboys in this one against the Eagles. Let's stack them up. Give me Prescott. Give me Cooper. They don't have any answers for those guys. You could even go all three there with Elliott. Go for it. Just get all in on the Cowboys. I think that's the way to go. From a contrarian standpoint, I don't I don't know, man. You could do the Wentz and Sanders. I just would stay away from it. Wentz, Sanders, Ertz would be the opposite way to go if you want to get a low contrarian or if you just think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, which it very well might be. This could be a 33-31 kind of contest. It's certainly possible because it's in Philadelphia. So I think the Eagles will show up to play. I just like that Cowboys offense more from a fantasy perspective here. But you can go all in on this game and do one lineup like that at least and certainly do all right. Then you've got the Sunday night game, Chiefs at Bears. Uh, luckily, it's not on the main slate. And, of course, Packers at Vikings. So if you're playing Sunday-Monday, probably would be smart to uh, just get your Patrick Mahomes on Whatever backup running back, whether it be Madison or Boone, playing for the Vikings, because you're going to need one of them to pair up with Aaron Jones, because there's no running back you want in Chicago. There's no running back you want in Kansas City. Zero, none, nada. So you want to probably pay up there as well for Travis Kelsey against the Bears. I think that would be a wise decision. Tyreek Hill. I would stack the Chiefs, play a little Minnesota, secondary running back there. And uh, you know, if you don't want to pay up for Kelsey, you continue to pay for Rudolph, who's been very good. Kyle Rudolph's been excellent. So that's our quick hot take for Weed 16. Chris will be back on the show uh, on Thursday. So don't fret, don't worry. This was a lightning podcast here uh, over on the Lion Star app on the pre-snap to get you kind of caught up on the weekend that was and the weekend that's ahead of us. So Thursday, Chris Meany and I will return to talk some DFS and get you all prepped to go. And then Friday, Mike Randall and I have the wagering slate on lockdown for you. In the meantime, make sure you're downloading that Lion Star app. And if you've enjoyed the podcast all year, I want to remind everybody, if you're playing MLB DFS, hopefully we'll be back again in the spring for those shows. And the name of the show is On Deck. That's right. The On Deck podcast at Lion Star app. And uh, you can follow us in the meantime on Twitter at Lion Star app, at Lion Star NFL. And of course, at Joe Pisa, 17 and at Chris Meany. That'll do it for me, Joey P. It's time to break the huddle. It's time to end the pre-snap, and there's nothing left to do now except sit down win. You've been listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Beanie.